As reported in uh, last week's, it seems that uh, Microsoft is in talks to invest 10 billions into the partnership with OpenAI. This might actually lead to one of the most important deals of our times and actually one of the deals that it might shape the business world in the next 10 years. So that is why it's critical to understand what's going on. But also to ask, how is Microsoft taking advantage or actually make money from making money from the partnership with OpenAI? Let me explain in detail. As I explained in a previous episode, I explained the history of the whole OpenAI Microsoft partnership, and many knew that uh, you know Microsoft had uh, placed a bet on OpenAI in 2019 when it actually placed a billion into the partnership with OpenAI, especially to enable the cloud infrastructure that would lead to the further uh, development of uh, models uh, like GPT-3, and then by November 2022, ChatGPT. The thing is, uh, you know, the partnership between OpenAI and Microsoft was not dated in 2019. It was way back. It was uh, started already by 2016, at least from a commercial standpoint, because already back in 2016, as I explained in previous episodes, so go back and uh, listen to them. I the the whole thing about uh, neural nets uh, it was that uh, the the team at OpenAI had already grasped and understood that it might have been about scaling them up. However, a turning point came in 2017 when there was a new architecture proposed in a paper by some uh, by by Google researchers which was called attention is all you need which proposed a new architecture which was the transformer based architecture so 2017 going forward the OpenAI team stumbled upon this architecture started to experiment with it started to play with it so the paradox here is that those Google researchers actually were the ones that put together this architecture in the first place yet OpenAI with the research lab but yet a startup mindset started to experiment with it and actually figured that uh, most probably the key achievements of this kind of architecture would be the result of scale therefore putting more parameters in, putting more data in, and therefore needing an exponential amount, a growing amount of computing power. So where do you go where do you need when you need this kind of computing power, especially when there is not yet a decentralized uh, you know, infrastructure that can sustain the development of those AI language uh, generative models that require a huge amount of computing to be pre-trained in the first uh, in the first place so you go to a few players because you know the, the ones that have this kind of computing powers really can be either uh, you know microsoft uh, amazon google or um, you know facebook i mean those are the kinds of players that have the cloud infrastructure to sustain the development of uh, large language models with this in mind, in 2016, the partnership between OpenAI and Microsoft kicked off, and it was a partnership where, again, uh, Microsoft would uh, enable OpenAI to uh, start developing and using Microsoft Azure, so the cloud infrastructure of Microsoft, as the primary uh, platform for the development of machine learning models that OpenAI was working on at the time. Now, the partnership intensified back in 2019, when, again, it was clear at the time that... Uh, you know, the, the real achievement could be uh, of those models could be achieved by scaling up the, the, this transformer-based architecture. And therefore, in 2019, as I explained in a previous episode, OpenAI also transitioned for, uh, from a non-profit 
organization um, type to becoming sort of hybrid where the non-profit controls the for-profit LP which is a capped profit organization uh, and then by a few months after these uh, these uh, sort of uh, privatization of part of OpenAI Microsoft put a billion into the partnership to actually develop the Azure AI supercomputing uh, ability to host uh, the training of those uh, large language models. And now, uh, jumping 2022, we got an investment, or in, uh, at least Microsoft is in talks to put 10 billions into the partnership. And the interesting news today was that Microsoft announced already the integrations within the uh, Azure Enterprise platform of ChatGPT, or at least this is coming soon. So again, how is Microsoft benefiting benefiting from the OpenAI investment and how it's making money from it? L let's start from the benefits of, uh, of this investment. So the benefit, the the most important benefit, of course, is uh, the, the company, at least now, that is planning to put 10 billion into the partnership, the partnership it might also become the primary investor into the LP, so into the uh, for-profit capped organization. And as uh, some of the articles and um, uh, you know, uh, that, that were uh, going around that explain a little bit how the deal might be structured. It seems that Microsoft might get a 49% of uh, the LP, OpenAI LP, and then get actually 75% uh, of the profits that OpenAI generates until it doesn't uh, pay back the 10 billion investment of Microsoft into OpenAI. Of course, this is all speculation. We don't know uh, how the deal is going through right now. I will see. But of course, the first... Uh, key achievement that Microsoft had through the partnership with OpenAI is the, the building up of the Azure AI supercomputing infrastructure. This is a key element, I think. Even if it goes behind monetization, this is a key element. Why? Well, uh, you know, in the 2010s going forward, the first player in the space to actually open up the, the cloud race and uh, start building an incredible infrastructure for cloud was actually Amazon AWS. And uh, as I explained, um, on four-week MBA, uh, many times over, and you find in the Amazon AWS business model analysis, it, AWS was sort of uh, the result and side effect of actually making order to the jumbled mess that had become the Amazon infrastructure in the early 2000s. And when Amazon started to look into ways to actually integrate third-party stores into the Amazon infrastructure so that Amazon could transition from becoming just an e-commerce, so offering its own products to enabling others, uh, you know, third-party stores to join the Amazon infrastructure, AWS came to be. And AWS would eventually spin off into its own, so become a business unit so powerful that eventually uh, Andy Jesse, who was the CEO of AWS, actually became the CEO of Amazon and is the CEO of Amazon today. So that's an interesting side effect of developing this sort of infrastructure. Now, Amazon AWS was the first player to build a successful cloud infrastructure, which by the 2010s actually enabled the building of many startups that became, uh, you know, unicorns and then decacorns at, uh, at the day uh, at the, at the uh, current. Uh, time. So companies like Netflix, Uber, Slack, and many others were all built on top of Amazon AWS. Therefore, you know, uh, Microsoft and Google were late to the game, and now Azure, which is the cloud infrastructure Microsoft, of course, has picked up. And uh, while it's still smaller than, uh, than AWS, with these, uh, you know, development into the AI industry actually might get much, much bigger over time. There is a key point to understand here, and I explained it in the in the episode about the intersection between cloud and AI. If you are a cloud player, uh, right now you have enjoyed uh, very fat margins, margins uh, 
you know, which are due to the fact that uh, there are just a few large players that uh, uh, are taking uh, very large enterprise deals and therefore they're enjoying those fat margins. But over time, you can assume that this cloud infrastructure might get commoditized as uh, more competition arises. And for instance, as you get also potentially a decentralized infrastructure. So over time, you know, the, the cloud computing might become uh, much cheaper as those companies will have to decrease prices and therefore also reduce the margins. Just like, you know, if you were an internet provider 20 years ago versus if you're an internet provider today, you had, you had very wide margins back there and then you just become a commoditized service today. Now, this is not, of course, for granted, given for granted, meaning that, of course, the cloud infrastructure can be commoditized unless you actually jump into the AI industry. Why? Well, because as we see, in, as we saw in previous episodes and explained it in a, a very um, uh, in a, in a much details, the training of those large language models and the continuous development of those large language models actually requires a lot of computing power. And if you're a cloud player and uh, you're selling uh, AI services on top of your enterprise platform, enabling anyone to integrate those large language models and generative models to uh, any uh, workflow of any company, uh, be it an enterprise or like a smaller business, you're actually uh, differentiating yourself in the market. And therefore, you know for a fact that in the next 10 years, if you're going to be able to successfully integrate AI services into your cloud infrastructure, you're actually going to make your cloud business much more solid because you're going to enjoy uh, much, uh, you know, uh, wider uh, margins, and uh, it's gonna very, uh, it's gonna be very hard to get commoditized in an era where, for instance, AI may become the leading force of development of the business world. So that's the advantage number one, which right now it goes behind monetization, but is actually uh, probably the key strategic development right now because this is enabling Microsoft to restructure itself from the inside to become, uh, you know, fully powered AI company from the bottom to the top. And therefore, this is a huge, huge um, benefit uh, right now Microsoft is getting from, from uh, the partnership with OpenAI. The second element is actually the monetization of OpenAI products within the Azure uh, enterprise platform. If you've been following a little bit the development of Azure, you know that uh, uh, right now as a new OpenAI product get released, for instance, GPT-3 and then DALI, those get integrated within the Microsoft Azure platform, meaning that if you are a developer there, you can actually use those models with very simple interfaces to actually deploy applications and build enterprise applications within that. And this means that actually you're using the Azure platform, you're consuming computing within Azure, so you're making Azure is making money on top of it as computing consumption of cloud because you're releasing applications that for those applications are getting ghost hosted on host on, uh, on Azure. And then on the other side, of course, uh, you're going to get also, you're going to also be consuming APIs. So again, here Azure is making, uh, the enterprise platform is making money directly by integrating those OpenAI products as they come along. And right now there was the news today, uh, which was announced by Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, which now also ChatGPT is getting integrated into, into the Azure uh, enterprise platform. So that's uh, point number one in terms of monetization. Another key element, it's, uh, it's about the integration of um, uh, OpenAI products within uh, Microsoft products, uh, both business products and consumer products. For instance, we know for a fact, of course, the, the first uh, really uh, launch of a product uh, in combination between like Microsoft and OpenAI was the 
GitHub Copilot, which is an incredible tool that helps uh, developers uh, actually uh, speed up the development process by using generative models, language models to actually uh, speed code and therefore become much more effective at coding. Other things that Microsoft is working on uh, right now, based on some regulations in the business world, is the integration of, um, of um, uh, OpenAI, of uh, ChatGPT and uh, GPT-3 into Bing, which is the search product of uh, Microsoft, and also the integration of uh, uh, ChatGPT within the Microsoft Office product, which if you don't understand how, how turning point this is, you don't understand that actually, actually Microsoft is getting revolutionized thanks to the partnership with OpenAI, because if you've been using my uh, Office for, for in the last few years, you know that uh, the, the Google Docs is more, way more effective, and indeed the, the Docs, the Google Docs are uh, probably the productivity tool that uh, are the go-to for many and most of the startups out there. And since many of the startups are becoming tech giant, you can uh, imagine that in a few years, Google would have taken over Microsoft in terms of business applications. Now there is a chance for Microsoft, Microsoft to actually uh, uh, to actually uh, take back his, uh, his uh, domination when it comes to business application, actually uh, keep its lead on that if it, it is able to actually infuse Office applications with the AI, thus making Office again a cool product, which is uh, not the case anymore since already a quite a long time, at least like in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, so that's another interesting development. I argue then that there is also another couple of elements to take into account. I, I argue that uh, the most interesting part right now of the partnership within OpenAI and, My and uh, Microsoft is the development of a sort of uh, AI as a, uh, as a app store for the new business ecosystem that is going to form in the, in the coming years. How? In two ways. First of all, as really the sort of... Um, uh, let's say, a platform that enables uh, any business applications to be built, which is what is already happening through Microsoft Azure. So uh, through Microsoft Azure, uh, those, uh, those uh, uh, applications, OpenAI applications, uh, have been uh, actually integrated in a way that anyone can plug in those OpenAI products and therefore uh, release web applications, mobile applications, and already enrich the web uh, that, uh, that we have today and therefore push the web forward. My argument, though, is also another one. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, you can build an incredible platform and business ecosystem if you also think in terms, okay, what is the next physical platform that can be uh, actually combined with AI that it can become the next mobile platform? Of course, in the last years, we made a lot of speculations. As business people, we get in love with a lot of uh, budgeting. And then, uh, therefore, we looked at the blockchain and then we looked at VR and eventually you none know, of those things turned out to be uh, the ones that were probably the next business platform and the main reason is they had a lot of they attracted a lot of financial resources and investments which were top down so coming from uh, institutions governments and uh, venture capital but the uh, consumer uh, behavior was not changing meaning there was not a lot of bottom-up adoption right now the interesting with the AI is that actually is getting a lot of traction from a bottom-up standpoint so people are quite interested about what AI can do and the last uh, really uh, proof of that was the release proof of that was the release of ChatGPT. so my main argument here is if AI is going to become the next uh, the, the next interface and uh, business platform, it is going to need to find its own uh, sort of physical platform. And my main argument here is that the next uh, business platform that might be combined, physical business platform that might be combined with AI is actually AR, augmented reality. Because if you think about it, one of the most uh, 
the, the key challenges of developing a viable AR device uh, behind, of course, the size and making sure that you can have chips uh, who are small enough to be placed on, on a smart glasses. Uh, on the other side is also the ability to have actually a real-time real interface that is able on the one side to understand the context as we go through the world, and then on the other side to have a real world and real-time representation uh, as we move uh, indeed in the real world. And my argument is that if you're able to plug into an AR glass uh, something like uh, you know a combination of ChatGPT and DALI. So think of it as a as a, a different as a multimodel of OpenAI. So let's say let's call it GPT-4, which is going to be a multimodel and then it's going to be able to handle a lot of complex scenarios in real time. Then it may be quite interesting because you can plug something like that into the smart classes and then give rise to really the 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 kind of business platform that we've been looking for in the last ten years. It's an interesting development. We'll see, of course, it's it's speculation. So uh, let's take this uh, really. Uh, it's uh, it's mostly a speculation, um, and we'll see. But that's my argument here, and we'll see how it develops. But again, the key advantages here to understand from the partnership between Microsoft and OpenAI is one: OpenAI is completely revolutionizing the company from the bottom, and um, is uh, making products that before were not cool anymore. It has the chance to make them cool again. Products like Office, but also have its chance to actually revamp uh, search engines like uh, its search engine, which is Bing, and also integrate you know those features within other platforms like, for instance, LinkedIn. And it has already integrated part of those functionalities uh, into GitHub with the GitHub Copilot, which may be a product already used by millions of developers across the world. We'll see how it evolves in the in the coming year. But the most interesting part, as I said, is the fact that right now the cloud infrastructure of Azure has been uh, uh, converted into an AI supercomputer, which is going to become the basis and the foundation for the success of the overall cloud infrastructure for Microsoft. The second element is that the enterprise platform of Azure is becoming an incredible marketplace through the adoption of OpenAI products released into these enterprise plat platforms. The third is integrations, again, of all the OpenAI products within the Microsoft products and a fourth element which is quite the most interesting yet the most speculative at, at this point um, it's uh, really the development of a new kind of uh, business platform which may come as a combination of AI, uh, AR and uh, this platform might be the platform that we were looking for after uh, mobile so there will be definitely a lot of resources invested in this kind of development we'll see.